Welcome to episode one of Celebrity Encounters. My name is Ed. Thank you for joining us today. The year was 1994 on the Boise State University campus in Boise, Idaho. I worked for the Morrison Center for the Performing Arts. The Morrison Center was home to traveling and local performances such as the Philharmonic, ballet companies, traveling musicals and plays, and other forms of shows for the community. I worked on the backstage crew, which involved unloading trucks, setting up scenery, waiting the fly lines for the curtains and other backdrops, and just doing general cleanup work. In December of that year, David Copperfield was touring with his magic act and was scheduled for two shows on the same day, one in the afternoon and one in the evening. My whole life prior to attending college, I was fascinated with magic. Growing up in California, close to Disneyland, I loved visiting the magic store on Main Street inside the park. I would spend my allowance money on the disappearing coin trick, the magic cups, the empty notebook, and other cheap tricks that kids can pull off. So with my amateur experience performing tricks for my family at home, I was ecstatic that I might have the chance to meet David Copperfield, let alone work on the backstage crew. The morning arrived where seven semi-trucks were in the parking lot, all with the Copperfield logo plastered on the side. All of the backstage staff and the facility were asked to meet in the loading dock to sign privacy and non-disclosure waivers prior to any trucks being unloaded. This was to ensure that no one would disclose any of the tricks, tools, secrets, or props used for the show. Being the smart-ass college student at the time, I signed my name as Daffy Duck. In regards to his act and the fear I have of being sued for some reason, I will refrain from sharing the rest of the details on what happened backstage. So after the red tape rigmarole was done, the trucks were then unloaded. During this process, my boss asked me and two other guys to meet with him. The three of us were assigned as runners for the Copperfield staff. This meant that we were assigned Chevy Impalas, the nicest vehicles the campus had to offer, and we would run errands for the Copperfield management. We were also told to wait in the green room so that we would be ready at their beck and call. Now during the day, we were sent to the store for a beer run. I was also assigned to pick up towels for the staff which I promptly found for a bargain at Kmart. The other two guys and I would also pick up items for David Copperfield's rider. Now it comes time for the exciting part. My boss asked which one of us had the nicest vehicle, which ended up being mine. I was told to pull the car up to the backstage door and then head to Mr. Copperfield's dressing room. I quickly did so and found myself knocking on his door. I was escorted in by other staff members and I was given a suitcase to take to the car. Once I placed the suitcase in the trunk, I returned and discovered that I would be giving Miss Claudia Schiffer a ride to the airport. Holy crap. My 19-year-old hormones just went crazy. Would I be able to see my favorite guest clothing model in person? Obviously my mind began racing. Would she fall in love with my witty sense of humor during the 10-minute ride to the airport? Would she find my youthfulness, my acid-washed jeans, and bomber jacket too much for her senses? 
Would she realize that my personality and my 90% puberty-completed body was better than David's? Obviously, my mind began racing. So to my surprise, when Claudia came out of the dressing room for her journey in my magical Impala, David freaking Copperfield came with her. Oh, this is fantastic. On one hand, I'm super pumped to be sharing the same air as Copperfield. But could his presence ruin my dream of Claudia and I running off into the sunset together? My romantic hopes may have been shattered, but my celebrity cup was overflowing at this point. Once I escorted them to the fancy Chevy with all the standard features, they got in the back seat and began to carry on a conversation. I adjusted my rearview mirror so that I could spend as much time as possible catching glimpses of Claudia as I headed towards the airport. I smiled and refrained from laughing when I overheard the two of them talk about Cindy Crawford's new workout video. It was surreal to me that I was listening to this and the two of them carried on their conversation as if I didn't exist. At this time, there was no acknowledgement of me even being there. And maybe that's understandable. I mean, if I were in the backseat of a car with Claudia snuggled up against me, I would block out the rest of the world as well. So a few minutes later, we arrived at the airport. I realized that David and Claudia didn't have any security with them. I was their security, all 110 pounds of me. Now, this was prior to strict regulations that 9-11 brought about at the airports. And I figured that a blue Impala with the Boise State logo on the side of the doors entitled me to diplomatic status anywhere I went. So I parked on the sidewalk in front of the terminal and left the keys in the car. After removing her suitcase from the trunk, I walked to the ticket counter, following them as they held hands. Now this is where I actually paid attention to what they were wearing. David was in gray sweats, tennis shoes, and had a long black trench coat on. Claudia was in a sweatshirt and gray leggings. Claudia definitely was gorgeous with the way she looked, even though it was obvious she hadn't spent hours in a makeup chair recently. Her natural beauty was enough. The funny thing is, is that no one in the airport recognized Claudia, or at least they didn't make an attempt to speak to her. In 1994, people obviously didn't have cell phones with them at all times, and if they did, there were no cameras attached. But everybody recognized David, and several people came up to him for autographs. As the autograph hounds were collecting his Herbie Hancock, Claudia would just look around and then would look at me. Non-verbally, she was telling me that this is normal for celebrities when they go out in public. I kind of think that maybe she was a little annoyed that people didn't recognize her. So after a few hellos, David began to head up the escalator first towards the gates. Claudia was behind him, and I was behind her. Thanks to the tiered steps on the escalator, I had a great view the whole way up. As we reached the top, Claudia went to step off of the escalator, and I nervously and awkwardly stepped onto the back of her tennis shoe, giving her the ultimate playground flat tire. I felt so bad that I did this and made her slightly stumble. So I put my hand on her lower back and said, I'm sorry. It was a natural thing to apologize, and I couldn't believe that I'd actually touched her. It was involuntary. Uh, I didn't mean it at the time for it to be creepy at all. And nowadays, this could possibly lead to be me being labeled as a Me Too offender. Anyway, Claudia was very nice about it and knew that I felt bad, and she told me it was okay. 
Oh man, I was so nervous, but she talked to me. I mean, she really talked to me. Okay, so we went through security and towards the gate. Once we got down to the gate, David and Claudia sat down across from the check-in desk. And for some odd reason, I sat right next to David. Looking back, I see how sitting right next to him might be a little weird. So I don't think David noticed me at all, but both he and Claudia were examining each other's tonsils. I can't deny that I was wishing I was in David's place at this moment. Well, all of a sudden, one of the guys I worked with at the Morrison Center came running up to the gate. I went over to meet him, and he handed me a small duffel bag. He said that it belonged to Claudia and that she had left it behind. I asked him if he had looked through it, and he said, sadly, no. I was a little disappointed, too. But I took the bag from him, and he left, and I went to sit back down. The tonsil hockey went on for a little bit longer until finally Claudia was the last person to board the flight. I handed her the duffel bag and she was very grateful and said thank you. Claudia showed her ticket to the agent and like her full-time modeling job, she began to strut her stuff down the long hallway towards the plane. David and I began to walk back to the car. David pulled out his now vintage gray brick cell phone I listened to the conversation without being obvious as we walked. Now, I'm not 100% sure who David was talking to, but it sounded like he was getting advice from a psychic. We made it back to the car with few interruptions by fans. In the car, David finally had a conversation with me. David asked me where we could go to eat because he was hungry. I quickly thought of suggestions that were on our way back to the Performing Arts Center. At this point, I was still in celebrity shock because he was actually talking to me. I blurted out, McDonald's, because that was up ahead on the road. David said he wanted something other than that because he eats a lot of fast food while on the road. David decided that pizza sounded good to him. And just as the decision was made, David spotted an antique store and wanted to stop. We went into the store and David was looking around at all sorts of furniture. David asked me if I would be able to come back and pick up something later for him if he purchased something now. I told him that I would, and David pulled out a wad of cash and paid the store employee for a small coffee table. Shortly thereafter, we left and went to the mom and pop pizza shop across from the university. David offered to buy me something to eat, but I just didn't feel like I wanted to impose. David and I had a small conversation about my college career while he ate, and then on the short drive back to the Performing Arts Center, we spoke a little bit. Once we arrived back at the Performing Arts Center, David disappeared into his dressing room to get ready. I turned around, went back to the antique store, and picked up his coffee table. Now, later that night, I had the opportunity to sit in the audience and watch one of David's shows. I sat on the aisle close to the front in an empty seat. At one point in the show, David came out of the, into the audience to perform a trick where he folds a Kleenex into a rose and then makes it levitate. This is done just a few feet away from the people that are sitting on the side. David was standing next to the row in front of me, and he was engaging the audience by smiling and greeting those that were near him while he was performing his trick. David looked down, and we made eye contact. David gave me a nod of his head, and I felt pretty important that he remembered me from a few hours earlier. The rest of the show was magnificent, even though I knew things from backstage. 
Now, in 2011, I was attending the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. As I was walking around one of the convention halls, looking at the booths, I came face to face with a familiar magician. David was walking around in a coat and baseball hat, attempting to be as inconspicuous as possible. We did make eye contact, but I didn't dare say a word or draw attention to him in the crowd. I know he didn't recognize me, but I knew, and I recalled that wonderful afternoon that we hung out together. Over the years, I've seen many other magicians and professional acts, and my love of magic has remained. David Copperfield has been and always will be my favorite magician. And I can always recall this great story of that day that we hung out together in 1994. I appreciate you joining me today. I wish you the best, and hopefully you'll return again for the next episode of Celebrity Encounters. Take care.